What's up, everyone? Welcome to the You Know I Got Soul and Soul and Stereo podcast. I think we're on number 27 now or something like that. Uh, Kyle is not here this time around, so this is Tom hosting. With me, I've got one guy who loves Keith Sweat. What's up, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> What's good, people? <laughs> and uh, I've also got one guy who performs in the New York City subways and is a diehard Eric Bellinger fan. Returning as a guest, <laughs> Gaetano. Hey. What's up, man? What's going on, fellas? How you doing? We're Thanks for, good. We're good. Thanks for joining us again, uh, Gaetano. I know you were anxious to get back on here. Uh, we had a good podcast with you the last time around. Ed wasn't able to make that one, but we appreciate right. you joining us. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to get on with you with you guys. Uh, it's, been, it's been good. It's been a good relationship. And uh, I'll keep it going for sure. So before we start talking music, I mentioned you perform at New York City Subways, and we've got people listening in to this podcast from all over the United States, even overseas. What is that experience like for those who don't uh, know, you know, who've never seen that experience then? So for people who have never been to New York City Subway, <laughs> I will tell you that be be ready to smell things you've never smelled before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Besides that, there's a lot of great talent that um that likes to practice their art in the subway. And um it's a cool it's a cool environment because you never know who's gonna pass by and you know, give you a listen. And it's it's a really it's a really good way to uh <clears throat> to get people to listen to you without the usual online stuff, hey, check me out. You know, all the various spam methods that upcoming artists are using these days to get people to notice them and give them attention. Well, what about Subway? It's a platform. People are waiting. They got nothing better to do. So they basically have two choices. Mindlessly scroll their Facebook feeds, uh, which probably don't even work because they're in the Subway tunnel, or listen to you perform. So... It's um it's a good way to get some exposure at very low effort and high reward. You can make some money too, right? Oh, sure. I mean in one hour one time I think I cleared over hundred and twenty five dollars or something like that. So you know, wow. if you hit if you, I mean I only I only do it when I'm bored, honestly. I don't I don't do it um I don't do it for a means of making a living. I do it when I feel like practicing somewhere other than my living room, and you know I want people to hear me as I practice, so that's the way I kind of approach it. Just make sure you mark it on your tax return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm be just kidding. As a 1099 miscellaneous. Ed, did you, well, I'm you, not kidding. I'm, I'm. If that's the case, if y'all are making bank like that, let me hit these corners and start dropping some rhymes, because I did not know that you could make that much from that. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can, man. If you get if you get the right um, location, the right time, people are feeling generous, you can definitely do some damage. You got skills, Ed? Who do you compare yourself to? What rapper? Oh, I mean, if I'm going to put them up there, I've got to be with my VA brethren, no malice, push a T, you know, so cut from that same part. Right? <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, impressive. Awesome. 
I am hearing a little bit of cynicism in my boy's voice. I'm just moving on. This is an R and B podcast. Let's let's keep it moving now. We'll keep it moving. Hey Ed, I was I was I was a big fan of your article, the ten absolute worst rappers of all time. Uh, play it. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I was looking at my um analytics earlier today, and that has become the biggest article in Soul and Stereo history. I don't know why people gravitate toward it. So I guess because people are debating, and that's the beauty of lists, and people yeah. are debating the artists on it. But that thing has been gone everywhere. So mm-hmm. thanks for the props on that. If, no, if anyone I'll... wants to go check it out, just hit up the site, soulandstereo.com, and if if you look at the most read post, it's like number one. Y'all love to hear your boy fuss about bad rappers. That <laughs> is for sure. So your most successful article is you hating on people's talents? Well, Dang. you know you know my specialty <laughs> You know why I'm here. I know. I'm just messing with you. To me, hip-hop died uh, about 15, 16 years ago, so I don't even know what oh, you're talking about. Uh, look now, G. I'm going to have to explain saying it to you since you're a newbie on the podcast. Um, we have gone through this debate a million times here. Um, I don't know why in Tom's eyes, hip-hop died in 2000. It's been, <laughs> I mean, the life support did come up about 2000. When did T-Pain have y'all ringtone rapping? About 2006? That's when we got the um, the little um, defibrillator thing going, but we're doing better. We're doing slightly You just better. made me realize that T-Pain contributed to the downfall of both R&B and hip-hop. That's amazing. Uh, now, now we agree. Now we agree. He killed both. That's He's impressive. a serial music killer. That's impressive. Yeah. You got it. It's imp- <laughs> he did. He, he smarted uh, them all. He, he, he wow. was rapper turned singer, but he should have just been rapper turned murderer. Cause <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Take it easy now. But you know what, though? Um... T-Pain is actually a lot more talented than he gets credit for. Now, I'm oh, I, I, I totally I, yeah, agree. Not... And that's why I've been mad at him all these years. That's where my, my anger comes from, because he can yeah. sing. And I knew this way before he was singing the national anthem on Instagram or whatever people mm-hmm. hyped about. But dude can sing, but what he did is he relied on a gimmick, which is okay if you want to do it personally. Oh, but he rested right. on that, and then he got every dude on the corner thinking they could sing, and we got an oversaturation <laughs> of sucktitude, and that's mm-hmm. what happened. Well said. Yeah, but you're missing the point, though. Had he gone with the real singing angle from the beginning, he would have never been anybody because no one would have cared. It wasn't it wouldn't have been catchy. How many real singers we have out there that are talented that don't that don't make any noise? He had no, to have I, that gimmick. I, I understand you having that gimmick to get attention, but you don't rest on the gimmick. So you do something gimmicky. To, I mean, it's like an artist that puts out a upbeat single for radio just to get your attention. But when you go to the album, you have the actual meat and the content and the wonderful vocals and performances. But if all mm-hmm. you do is less rest on lowest common, lowest common denominator music, and that's what you put out, and you know you can do better than that. Come on now. No love from the kids. All right. Fair enough. I agree. I agree. So let's talk about some of the new R&B that's out. Um, Jaheem just released his latest album, uh, Struggle Love. And Ed, I know you um, reviewed it, and so did we for You Know I Got Soul. So tell us about how you rated the album. 
I gave it um, the 3.5 of Doom, as it's affectionately known in the, you know, I got soul in stereo realm. That's an inside joke. But um, I thought the album was pretty solid. But Jaheim, nobody will ever discount his vocals. He's a fantastic singer. And he paired them with that instrumentation. I am a sucker. If you want a good review from your boy, throw your vocals on some live horns, throw a sax up in there, and it's like the stars will rain from the sky. I will hook you up. Mm. But along with that, that the album just wasn't structured as well as I would like. The, it started out okay, then he had some great material in the middle, and then the second half, everything was just all right. And again, it was not too much that I outright disliked. There were a couple songs that were suspect, but I, if with some better structure, a little bit better editing, I think he would have really had a winner. But Jaheen fans will love it. I think his core fan base will really, really appreciate this. But pretty decent effort. Got time. I don't know if you had a chance to hear it yet, but um, are you a fan of Jaheen? Yeah, I, I actually did take a listen to the album, and I think I would pretty much agree with everything Ed just said. Um you know, he Jaheim is a incredible like vocalist. Like his tone is one of those signature tones. Like you hear him and you're like, All right, that's Jaheim, you know? Exactly. Uh, I grew up on the hits that R L penned for him and stuff. Like when I was growing up <laughs> and I'm trying not to make you guys feel too old, but uh <clears throat> you know, that anything and all those joints, like I was I think in my freshman year of high school when that came out. And that was the kind of music that stuck to me, you know, that that was one of those records that influenced my sound. And with his latest project, I thought he kind of went back to a lot of those reminiscent vibes from his earlier times. Um, I think it's exactly what you would expect from a Jaheim album. I, I think I would agree that it wasn't anything too spectacular, but, um, you know, it was exactly what you would expect. So I think Ed is right on. When we interviewed him, he had mentioned he was hoping to go back to the vibe he had from his debut, uh, Ghetto Love. And I was a little disappointed he didn't reach back to producer KG, who who originally signed him, and also RL, and maybe had them work some songs. But overall, I had no complaints, really, about the album. And like Ed said, I think his fan base is going to love it. So another solid project from Jaheim. And then also, um, this past Friday, Silk came out with their new album. It's been uh, 10 years since their last one. Have you guys mm-hmm. had a chance to check that one out? I have not um, had a chance to check out Silk yet. For some reason, I was thinking it was dropping this Friday, so it kind of was off my radar. And I know it dropped. Some some of our listeners have already heard it, and I've heard a lot of good feedback from it. I was really feeling the singles, and I'm a pretty big Silk maniac myself, so I love their old stuff. Plus, you know, the Keith Sweat connection, so, you know, no surprise there. But um, I'm hopefully will check that out out sometime early next week. But I'm I'm expecting good things. Well, I, I haven't checked it out either. I'm hoping to check it out later tonight or tomorrow. I know our boy uh, DJ Soul Child was ra- raving about it on Facebook. So uh, <laughs> Shout out to your boy Soul Child. <laughs> he was hyped like it was Thriller Part 2. <laughs> Speaking of Soul Child, we got to get him as a guest one of these times. He, he's a huge R&B fan, huge ambassador out of Switzerland yeah. for R&B. So good, good people. And then, uh, you know, it's, then we just got uh, this coming Friday. We got Anthony Hamilton coming out. That should be another good album. And then K. Michelle. Um, so R and B. And then 
And guys, how I know you want to talk about Music Soul Child because his album's coming out next month. What are you anticipating yep. there? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this could be one of the great R&B albums of this year. I'm hoping that it will be. Um, based on what I heard from the single, a nice hip-hop vibe. Um, it sounds like he's going back to vintage music, but he's kind of throwing in a little bit of a modern flow to his sound. I don't know if you guys picked up on that in the single, but I could hear, I'm not going to say trap. Let's not even say that disgusting word when it comes to music, soul child. But he's definitely throwing in more of a hip hoppy type of feel. And I think that this album is going to kind of be one of those standout R&B albums for 2016. I'm going to call it right now. It's going to be one of the hot ones for this year. I could definitely feel it. You're talking about the new single, right, Hardaway? Yeah. Yep. Okay, exactly. yeah. So, okay. Well, I Do, the, which was the lead single, was uh, it kind of took me back to his original sound. So I get, I get where you're coming from. And the new one, like you said, kind of like the hip-hop sample. That's all Warren Campbell right there, who's kind of leading this project. He's he's releasing this project on his My Block label. You know, mm-hmm. Grammy-winning producer. Love his work. What do you think, Ed? I agree a lot with what G said about the single. Um, it, I wouldn't go so far to call it trap, but it did remind me of um, B-U-D-D-Y. It had that really strong yeah. hip-hop vibe, but lots of soul in it, too. So I thought it was yeah. very... That was well done. So I'm looking forward to the album, too. I, I know the anticipation is so high for this one. So, you know, the stakes have been raised. So hopefully oh, yeah. music can deliver. But I think with the two singles we've heard, he's got. I think he's got some bangers in the closet. We'll see. One thing you, you can't discount is the fact that he's indie now. Just like Jaheem, who just put out his first independent album, this is music's first independent album. They both were on Atlantic. So that gives him a lot more freedom. And I know... He's not always been happy with what labels have asked him to do in the past. Even though we as fans have, have enjoyed the music, he hasn't been happy. And that's kind of why he went into the the hustle and uh, Purple Wonder Love personas, and now he's back with music. But that's I'm expecting with the creative freedom, he'll be able to deliver the project he's he's happy with. And so far, I have to say the results have been pretty good. So Yeah, I agree. I think this is really sounding like the album that he wanted to do and that fans wanted to hear and not, you know, whatever labels want him to push out the door featuring Fetty Wap or whatever they want him to do. So, you know, this this, I think this will be one to watch. I'm just imagining now that that would if he had say with Atlantic, we would have had the first music single featuring Fetty Wap. I guarantee you. It would have happened. Yes. Oh, man. That's crazy. Can you imagine those two trading vocals all over your radio? That would be a disaster. <laughs> man, so I want to talk about – we didn't get the chance to hear Gaetano's take on Tank's album. This has been a hot topic on every podcast because right. some people love it. Some people are like, what is he doing with the latest album, uh, Sex, Love, and Pain 2? Last podcast, we had Mike Hamilton from Atlantic. He kind of broke down you know, Tank's direction and everything. So, Gaetano, I know you're a, you're a huge Tank fan, so how did you like the album? Yes, I am definitely a notorious Tank fan to the dismay of some, to the pleasure of many others. But, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> wow. But, um, you know, what I will say about the album 
is that it's not what we expected. That's for sure. Um, he named it Sex, Love, and Pain, too, and it wasn't really anything like the first Sex, Love, and Pain. The first Sex, Love, and Pain was so groundbreaking. It was... It, it, it it was it was crazy because that project appealed to the singers of the world that really wanted to study great singing, but it also appealed to the music fans because it had a message in the heartbreak of the of the song. You know, like he was going through a lot of pain during that time in his life, and he unleashed that through his pen. This project, on the other hand, didn't really appeal as much to the singers, which I get. He kind of made this album more for the fans. But what I was surprised at was who he kind of targeted with his songs and the style of the songs. He clearly went the more trap route. Um, He was clearly trying to appeal to a younger audience with a younger type of sound. He had some questionable features on there that, you know, personally I was disappointed to see. You know, I'm not really... I'm not. I wasn't really looking forward to seeing Tank featuring Rich Homie Kwan, you know. <laughs> let's be honest. But you know, with that said, he's doing what he's got to do to maintain relevancy. Um, I I can't be mad at it. He's a veteran in the game, written countless hits for you know top-selling artists, himself included. And overall, I would say that there were certain songs on the album that I really loved. Like I love the Sean Stockman feature. I wish there was more of that. Because that song, to me, was like a standout song. Everything else, I would just say, was, you know, maybe average, above average, but very quality, very solid quality album overall. And, um, you know, I think Tank's doing what he's got to do to maintain his relevancy. So another project that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months is Slim of 112's second solo album. And it's got me thinking, guys, do we do we need another 112 album? Because they've been touring... They've been hinting about about working on stuff again, um, but each solo member is, is doing their own project. I mean, would you guys like to hear another one twelve album? It's been over ten years. I let me just be totally frank, as your boy always is, and Tom and I, you know, we've discussed this many times. I I think the first three one twelve projects are fantastic, all three, but the later work, the later group work, has been hit or miss. And I know that now that they're touring, they've got the groove back, they're kind of getting back on the same page. This is probably the best time for them to do this. So I I wouldn't be opposed to a project. But honestly, I'm not expecting anything to match the greatness of those first three albums. Because, you know, they were just such such an incredible hot streak that I don't know if they can replicate that. So I I don't want fans to be like, oh, this isn't as good as Room 112. But yeah, it ain't 1998 either. So you know, you have to deal with that. So I would like to hear it, but just to be honest, I don't know if it will be able to match the high expectations that people would have. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much. <laughs> and we, we agree on everything, man. It's crazy, but um, see, keep this man on the podcast. He agrees. With <laughs> my goodness. Oh, I, I, I just. I just have to agree with this because it's so true. I mean, I'll give you a, a, an example of a group that tried making a comeback and it just kind of flopped. But look at Jodeci, man. Like, they tried to come back with that album, and I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest with you. And if one club tried to come back with an album, I'm going to be worried about, yo, are they going to do some trap shit? Like, 
<laughs> you know, like, how could they compare it to the greatness of the work that they did in the past? I mean, I'm I'm a real big fan of uh, Duran. He's like a friend of mine, you know what I mean? And I love the solo stuff he's doing. He's taking it, you know, he's showing off his talents. He's not afraid to really sing. He's playing keys. Like, he's doing the shit he wants to do. If they were to do a project together, I would want to see a lot more of that and hopefully not, you know, kind of going with what the labels, well, they'd probably be indie. I don't even know if they'd be on my label or not, but I, I wouldn't want them, I wouldn't want to see them doing um, things that they shouldn't be doing just to get uh, traction. And we've well, had this discussion um, going back to, to the, the um, Jodeci album. We've had this discussion before on the podcast. That, and I have gone on record to say that I thought the album was okay. Like, I don't think it was as, as terrible as a lot of fans thought, a lot of diehard fans thought, because I think they were expecting Jodeci to sound like 1996. But, you know, there's a reason why they aren't showing new episodes of Mark Martin and Bill Clinton is in the office. It's not 1996. So, you know, that is going to, they're going to sound like 2016. And I think a lot of people kind of lost that because music can be right. so timeless. We'll throw on a CD and they're going to sound like they sounded 20 years ago because that is how music works. And I think that a lot of times hearing the new sound in a different direction may throw off may throw off hardcore fans. Right. So in this case, I do think that if we do get a new 112 album, it ain't going to sound like old 112. But as long as they don't stray too far, far from their sound, like you're saying to your point, I don't want to hear no trap. I don't want to hear this <laughs> whack alternative R&B stuff where dudes are emoting by just whining over a beat and mumbling. That, that is not showing emotion. That is, is mumbling. Speak up so I can hear you when I write my reviews. So, like, that's the stuff we don't want them to do. We want them to continue to build on their legacy and, and, and you know, try new stuff and diversify. But don't sell out. So what I would want from a new album is a new branch of their sound. I want to give them a chance to do something different. I don't want repeats of old stuff. But, but I also don't want 30-year-old dudes acting like they're 18 either. So there you hold go. on. Wait, hold on a minute. First of all, Jodeci, I mean, no offense, we love Jodeci, but anyone who was expecting greatness, only one person left in the group can sing. Uh, <laughs> all of them have been in legal trouble. Two of them are... Are kind of whacked out. I mean, one of them can't even. One of them won't even fly. I mean, they don't even promote their own stuff. So Timbaland didn't even give them any production that sounded like Timbaland. What we expected. So anyone who was expecting more than they, you know, than what was given, I think, shouldn't be surprised. Like, and I love Jodeci, and I thought their album was solid, but like I wasn't ex- expecting you know, legends to come back with legendary music. I just thought it was going to be a project yeah. they were able to put together based on what they have left. And we've seen oh, what I they totally have agree. left. I so, totally agree. But there were so many people who expected the show, the after party. That's what they wanted, and it was not going to happen because they are not the same artists that they were then. And that's just human nature. That's just father time. You know, that's just how it is. <laughs> Time. You can't beat Father Time. He wins every time. Every time he will, will put a hurting on the vocals player. We have heard. <laughs> Except for Charlie Wilson. Yes, Ooh. I don't know what Ooh. kind of vampire blood he's got, 
but that just <laughs> sounds like 1966 every time I hear it. And that is not a this. That is the ultimate compliment. Jeez. But getting back to 112, though, I think if they came back and <laughs> yeah. did an album. Hello? Hello, Tom? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were losing that. That dial-up uh, internet down there in Alabama is, is killer. Uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you something about this dial-up here. Y'all just go back into your um your subway phase with G smelling like Lord <laughs> knows what. I was down there this summer trying to get on Facebook on my phone, and G's right. You ain't getting no, no kind of social media. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, proceed, really my friend. You really need to be checking those Instagram mentions at all times, even uh, when traveling. Actually, Tom and Ed, I, I, I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Ed, you, you've already kind of given some foreshadowing on your thoughts, but what's going on with this trap soul thing? Now, I was listening to Power 105 <sighs> I was listening to Power 105 the other day. Now, I study mainstream radio just to see what's trending, what's going on, you know, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of stuff people are, are being force-fed to listen to. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's like when my mom used to make this bad meatloaf for dinner, and I had no choice but to eat it. <laughs> yes, my mom used to make I was Yes, my mom made that. Too. They had that little red ketchup stuff on top. Oh, wow. Yes. It's, like, it's like, Mom, meatloaf again? Damn it. <laughs> yes, and she would be like, you, you like it? It's good. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, Jeez. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so I'm listening to Power 105. And here's what I'm hearing in a row. I hear Bryson Tiller, Tory Lanez, Drake, Tory Lanez again, Jeremiah, back to Bryson Tiller, and then it was Chris Brown. What is wrong with this picture? You guys tell me. <laughs> what do you mean? This is evolution of music, man. I have no problem with it. No, I'm being dead serious. Listen, imagine people who are like 60 right now thinking when New Jack Swing came out. Uh, what is this? Another New Jack Swing song is coming out? What is this? I want more Luther Vandross. I will, yes, and I will say, because I'm the old head of the group, and I will say this because I, I lived it. When New... Now, I won't even... New Jack, and that might have been a little too early, but I know for sure when Jodeci and Mary J dropped, when hip-hop started to infest R&B a little bit, more and when rappers were more frequent on their songs, yes, R&B fans were like, this ain't R&B, this is hip-hop. Why are they singing over these rap beats? Why are these rappers all over the song? That is true, and like that is part of the evolution of music. However, however, I will talk about this Trap Soul stuff because I have no problem with alternative R&B. I have no problem with the, with the genre itself, and I have no, I have no problem with younger artists moving toward that sound. But if you do that, you still have to have the fundamentals of R&B in it. You can't mm -hmm. just take a rap beat, slow mm -hmm. it down like some chopped and screwed stuff from, like, Houston, and then not, not even sing or emote on it, but just mumble the same word over and over and over again, and then mm -hmm. do some little, little fake rap at the end. That is not R&B. I'm sorry. Like, you have to have... Some sort of the fundamentals in your music, and a lot. And I'm 
I'm not saying all artists, but some of them brothers you just named a little minute ago do that all the time, and then we kind of mm-hmm. disguise it as R&B. That ain't R&B. That is very lazy R&B. Actually, it's like lazy rap. It's not even really lazy R&B. Mm-hmm. So, so no, I will not co-sign that. But it is unfair to say, why doesn't R&B sound like it sounded in 1999? Because it's not going to. Like, let those mm-hmm. brothers eat and prosper and, and try something new. But you got to put some effort into it or I'm going to go off. Well, said. Some, well some I, didn't, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to shut you down, Gaetano. But I, I mean, I, I'm just like, I just run into all these cranky music fans who make similar points to you. And I'm not saying you're cranky, but uh, people just are unwilling to <clears throat> understand that music evolves. And just like their their parents, <clears throat> who probably hate the music they like, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, I I know I, I think I get I think I get the evolution of music. I, I don't think that was the question that I really had. I guess I should have phrased it better. But really, the question is: Is trap soul is trap soul here for a while? Is it here to stay, or is it going to be out the door soon? Listen, player, trap soul is the ringtone rap ver- version of R and B. I have already said <laughs> that because I don't see. I, it seems like there there are times. Times where the music climate shifts, and you can tell it. When Jodeci and Mary J and those dudes came out, the tone shifted, and you could tell. When mm-hmm. Timberland started like putting beats on top of beats on top of beats to create these crazy soundscapes, the tone shifted. When mm-hmm. new when Neo Soul got big, Soul Quarians and them came out, music in them came out. Speaking of him, the tone shifted, and you could tell. But then there were also times where there was just like a little blip on the radio on the radar where people were just doing something because that was what was hot in the streets, like auto tune, and it only lasted like a couple of years. And that's what this huh. feels like to me. It doesn't feel like a shift in the tone. It feels like what's hot for the moment. Wow. Well, do you guys put like what they call dark and moody R and B in that same category? So what is dark and moody R&B? Uh, it's like a it's like vibey, um, like like when Tanache first came out, not her newer stuff, like Janae Aiko basically, mm, like right. when the week the weekend when he first came out, not right. the new weekend that's pop, yeah, but like um, yeah. it's like very mood driven. The production's kind of like dark. I don't know, like Janae Aiko, is she gonna evolve? Like I feel like she was in that space. Mm-hmm. I want to see where she's gonna go to. Will she? Can she create a, a movement in R and B? I think she. I think she could. I think she influenced it, and that's and again, that's the difference because I think she was on, on the. And I'm not saying she invented this because not at all, but she was one of the ones at the forefront of that more moody, atmospheric music. And again, that's cool. I actually like that as a you know as as something different from the norm. But if you can capitalize on it and move it forward by taking those elements, adding a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here, because look at new like neo soul. Neo soul is kind of if you think of stereotypical neo soul, you think of like somebody in a head wrap strumming on a guitar. But we all know that neo soul is there are different elements to that. There's upbeat neo soul. There's the more moody ballads, and they're different levels, and that's how you create a genre. And that's mm. what it seemed like they were doing with atmospheric, but then it, it didn't work because all of a sudden everybody started doing this trap soul stuff. 
And to me, like I said, that's a fad because it's not – there's no substance behind it. So it could evolve into something, but at this rate, I don't know. It seems like it's going to be something that's going to fade out. But I have no problem with the atmospheric songs, none. I you know agree. Soul I don't like. You know who I'm disappointed in that could have had a bigger impact in R&B? Although I wouldn't even really consider him fully R&B as Miguel. I mean, he's a star. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, I really thought with it, and we've talked about this before, but this last album I thought was going to take him and allow him <laughs> to move R&B in his, you know, because he's, he's a true entertainer. He's a musician, a writer. But it just came up short this time for whatever reason. Uh, how do you guys well, look at him? And we've talked about this before. I actually was a fan of the album. Like, I know a lot of people were disappointed when my wife didn't like it, for example. But, like, I, I like that he took that sound and tried to do something different by infusing a lot of rock elements in it. So that way it was something relatively unique, and it came out. I just don't think that it was greeted with the enthusiasm that he thought. But I give him props for trying, and I enjoy the album. It just, I think it yeah. wound up being a little bit too niche, more niche than he expected. So, again, yeah. I give any bad props that's trying and not, I'd rather you try something different than fall in line and just copy everybody else. I would have to agree with Ed on that one as well. Um, wow. Wow. I know. I know. Ed Jr. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what it is, man. Me and Ed, we just kind of think the same when it comes to music stuff. But, I, I, you know, Miguel, he went very, very niche. And I think he was catering to the fans that have supported him all along that are his true diehard target audience fans. And he did it. He didn't do anything that was going to kind of ride the new wave of the trends. He didn't do any of that trap soul stuff, which was kind of refreshing to see. But um, to Tom's point, though, you know, he maybe he could have had a, a bigger impact by, you know, doing some sort of marketing movement. Like, I felt like the marketing for that project was really bad. Like, I didn't hear about it until it came out. So that, That's um, true. That That is true. It came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, shit, Miguel's dropping an album? Like, there was no... Yeah, real and, I'm, and I'm, like, on everything. And I was like, oh, Miguel's dropping it this week? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I remember right. that. Well, can I just throw another disappointment out there? This is airing of grievances here. <laughs> Neo. <laughs> ne- Neo. Oh, like, boy. Whoa. Take it easy. Let's just listen, <laughs> let's just listen to what Ed has to say, and then we'll just put you down for the same opinion. Ouch! <laughs> no, Ouch. Don't hate on the man for being correct, Tom. Please leave him alone. Anyway, um, his last album, Nonfiction, which came out about a year ago, it's it's crazy that he made such good R and B music, and no one in R no R and B fans even really cared. It had like no impact in, in like mainstream <laughs> adult R and B, and that's just so disappointing to me. So I know he's a celebrity and a pop star and is in tune with, with the hip-hop music now, but I don't know. Guys, do you feel like he has any influence left in R&B? I think that with Neo, unfortunately, because he had gone and pop the pop route for so long and kind of disappointed his fan base so much that by the time he came back around, to R&B, which he tried to do with this album. And, Tom, you liked this album a little bit more than I did. I thought it was okay, but I remember you really liking it. I think that it kind of threw fans off, and they were kind of like, oh, he doesn't speak to me anymore, so I'm not going to deal with it. And he actually had stuff for his old fans, but they just missed it. So, again, it 
was a decent piece of work, but unfortunately he went that other route and he left those fans and they might be gone for good. They might just be like, uh, Neil's doing his, his pop thing. I'm done. And also it didn't help that one of the singles were the kind of upbeat pop things that he was known for. So uh, he just kind of stepped away from his crowd. And unfortunately I thought they would come back, but they kind of didn't. It's like he buried some jams on there. Like he had some great R and B songs that were just buried. He did. He did. All there. And probably I, no one knew, knew about it. Yeah, Tom. I, I know you were a big fan of the of the neo nonfiction album from last year. And I'll be honest with you guys, I thought this was Neo's best album ever. Wow. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. someone someone boot this guy. <laughs> now we disagree. Now, no, I'll be no, I'll be honest though. I'm not talking about best album ever in terms of sales and you know outreach to fans because it didn't perform that well commercially. But from uh, the one thing that's different about me from you two guys is that I'm a diehard musician and I understand right. complexity and and him. He took risks on this album for once. Like he did things vocally and musically that he never had done before. And from that standpoint, it was kind of like, wow, Neil's actually, you know, he, he's actually got some soul. Like, you know, he's he's doing some things that you would never expect Neil to do. And he has some really, really great songs on this on this album. So he kind of com- he kind of combines great songwriting with great vocal arrangements. And he, he I have to tell, he wrote a project for himself. This project that he just came out with um, was largely a reflection of things he was going through. I could tell. He didn't really care about, you know, if it's going to pop or not. He had to release a project for himself, and I respect him for that. Um, thank you, Tyler, for joining us. This will be your final appearance on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, can we just talk about Eric Bellinger? <laughs> hold on, hold on. We've we got to wrap it up in a little bit. The last topic I want to talk about, but we haven't talked about this guy in, in probably a few weeks. Ed, you know what I'm talking about? He was a mainstay. He was a mainstay on every podcast for like the first fifteen weeks. Huh? Would it be your Usher. boy Harry? Usher. Oh yes, Usher. Yes. Ooh. We gotta. We were overdoing it with the Usher a little bit, so we had to step away. Well, so, is he dropping an album this year or not? What? 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 Is he? Is an album coming out? Like, what? Where does he go from here? I'm just. I'm trying to figure it out. A little player. To me, Usher's album has gone into the realm of the Detox and uh, Foxy Brown, Broken Silence Part 2, and the Jay Electronica album. Like, if we see that, that's the day that the pigs will fly down from the heavens and deliver it on our doorsteps. So I don't know if we'll ever see it. I mean, Usher's doing his thing. As we were discussing the other day, he had that BET Honors performance, and his Confessions album shot up the charts just from that one performance. So people still want to hear from Usher, but I don't know what the holdup on the album is. I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign. Well, let me ask mm. you guys this. Do you consider Usher now a legacy artist? Like, is he just going to live off the name uh, that he made for himself with his previous work and then maybe just slip an album in here or there? Or does he have more left to offer in terms of can he still be an influencer? What do you guys think about it? Great question. And I'll let you take a stab at it first, man, because my gut is telling me that he's just going to go the legacy route where he's just going to chip in an album here and there and not really influence the sound anymore. If anything, he's going to maybe put his stamp on whatever the current wave is, not going as far as as saying that he'll do a trap soul 
piece or whatever, but I think he's going to go more of the legacy route where he just kind of hangs back and chips in an album here and there, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, um, I don't think he's going to be a main influencer in the sound of trending new music and such. I kind of got to agree there. I think we'll see him on some singles like the Chris Brown song a couple of years ago, and he'll always sell okay. He'll all give me, he has name value. But I don't know who'll ever see him dropping out of the blue and sell 10 million again. And maybe, right. and he has the talent to do it, but, but as we've seen with the past few singles that he's released in the past year or two, like maybe one or two have been okay, but nothing has really caught fire. I think he's just on the on that legacy swing, and that, that's okay. You you know you you've already proven yourself as a one of the biggest R and B artists of our, our generation. So you have nothing else to prove. It's not like he had a right. bad career. So the last artist I want to touch on, and this is part of my airing of grievances topic as well, is Maxwell. I'll just you know reading his his Twitter and Instagram, and this guy dropped so many hints at albums and singles and. It just annoyed the crap out of me. Man, just come out with it. Just put the single out. Like, I don't know I about don't you guys, know but... I y'all keep... It's like, look, I love and, and that's part yeah. of his... A lot of that is part of his persona, but I don't know why everyone... It's the same thing with, um... Who's the other guy? Frank Ocean is just as bad. Like, he'll sneeze <laughs> on Twitter, and everybody's like, he's got a new album dropping called I Chew. Oh, it's gonna, oh, it's gonna be so hot. And I'm like... Just let him breathe because you know he is just kind of stoking the flames to get keep mm. his name out there. We'll see mm. that album when we see it, but don't get your hopes up. And I'm sure with Maxwell, the album will be great if we ever see it. But no, just no, he, no. But he Ed, talks, but Ed, he's teasing release dates. He's teasing single titles. He's, it's all teasing. I've seen it. Either it, either it's don't all, all teasing. Don't say anything or I just agree. let us know. That's my opinion. I am not arguing that because it's – but my thing is I don't know why we continue to fall for it because every time he does something, people are retweeting and tagging me in tweets. Oh, get your review ready. I'm like, get my review ready. This dude is not dropping anything. So when it comes, it comes. But don't fall for the hype. It's like we keep falling for it every single time. We know he cries wolf. Just let him cry. What do you think, Jay? <clears throat> well, I don't even want to talk about any of those artists because I feel like they're just, like you guys said, you know, teasing us with all this stuff. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on an artist who we definitely haven't talked about in a while. And I haven't heard any news from him or what he's doing. And I was wondering if you guys have heard anything. And I'm just going to say right now before I mention who it is that this guy is one of my all-time favorite R&B artist. He's consistently released quality music time over time. And oh, I'm I've scared. Been... No, you're going to be like, wow, I haven't heard this guy in a minute. Now, I don't know what he's up to. I haven't even, like, heard anything. You guys are on, on the scene. You guys are on top of the latest news and stuff. But um, Mario, what's going on with him? Have you heard anything? Where's he been? Yeah, he, he was the cow from... In Hawaii, did he tell you to send that? Because you know he meant that as his boy right there. Kyle, like, Kyle got was, questions propped up. Somewhere Kyle is going nuts right now celebrating that you brought this yes. up. <laughs> well, well I, know, I do know the answer. He got dropped from RCA last year, and then he was working on an album 
which he put for full, complete stream on his website. You could listen to the whole thing, actually, but he hasn't released it. So it was a weird situation, actually. He's like, streamed my album, and then the album never came out. But you Mm. can actually listen to it still. So if you go to his website, you can hear it. Mm. But um, he's independent now, so he's in the... In the in the str- quote unquote struggle, like a lot of the other R and B artists are in now, trying to get his name out there, and um, I'm not sure it's you know what's the next news, but <clears throat> so so knowing what you know about Mario right now, and Ed, this could be for you too. What do you guys think would be the le- the next logical move for him to kind of rebound his career? What could he do? to make a hard comeback and be like, oh, shit, Mario's back. Like, what would he have to do? What's the next step for him? Um, well, Kyle put out an album about, I mean, an album, an article about this, um, talking about how, how, I think you read it, guys, I know about how stars of the nine, of the 2000s in R&B are kind of lost now. Yeah, and yeah. I think that uh, someone like himself, he's not going to rebound to where he was, and he needs to accept that and um, just maybe sign with, like, an E1 or, like, a primary wave just so he can get the proper vehicle for his next project and be content with selling, you know, I don't know, 20,000, 30,000, mm. and and accept that that's where he is now and move on, you know. Mm. It, it, what he's doing right now I don't like because he's just kind of doing everything on his own. And that's the more he does that, I feel like the more it's going to hurt him. He's, like, kind of falling out of the picture. Right. And, um, and that's my opinion. So... Ed, do you think? What do you think? I think Mario is there's perfect room in the game for him to come back. All because you're only one hit away. Any artist is one hit away, and it's not like we have a we're a congestion of artists right now. So he can easily drop something hot, slide right back in where he left, and mm-hmm. your boy Kyle will be hyped up, putting you know I got soul all over behind his marketing program. So. <laughs> So Mario isn't that far off. It's not like he's starting from um, scratch or from ground one because the the fan base is still there for him. Mm. Speaking I of um, Mario's generation, and this is the last thing, then we'll get into the final food topic. But guy, kind of, there's an epic tour coming out that you're you're, you're going to want to check out. Have you heard about this? Three artists from your generation. Who is that? Bobby V. Jay Holiday and Pleasure P are doing a tour together. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are man. you laughing, man? <clears throat> because that's not, I actually don't think it's a bad idea, like to combine like that. I think uh, it's a good I, idea. No, I don't either. I don't think it's a bad idea. Shout out to um, Pleasure P. You know, I got Soul's favorite um, singer. <laughs> But I don't think that it's a bad idea, but... Um, it's going to be a problem. I'll tell you what the first problem is going to be. Who's going to close and who's going to open? Egos are exactly. See, yeah. I, and you, I had to pull myself back because I felt Tom saying, don't say it. But What? That's like, Tom that, Come on. <laughs> uh, of those three artists, like, there is no standout. Every tour has, like, you opener and then you have the main event. And I feel like they're all on the same level. There's no, you know, no standout. Nobody that okay, that's the standout. So I'd argue, that's I'd my argue, biggest idea. I'd argue that Bobby V would be the standout. He's had yeah, more, more he's hits. had more, way more hits. And I think just his talent level is just kind of is a little bit more superior. And I'm not being biased just because I've worked with Bobby V, but 
he's definitely more. He's definitely got the edge on those two guys. I'll tell you that. I think I would put Jay Holiday opening, even though I. Prefer, I mean, I think he's. I'm not going to give my opinion. Never mind. But I think Jay Holiday <laughs> should uh, should open. And I think Pleasure P should go second just because Pleasure has had some big hits, even though he's had one solo album. Um, he's had some big singles, and even with with Pretty Ricky. So that's how I'd order it. So I agree. I think that's the order you, you should go with. I, I'm curious to see if it works, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, I I saw an interesting interview online on YouTube about, with uh, Questlove, and he said that, he said something so remarkable, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. When he was coming up with the roots and all that, it was hard it was hard to get like labels on board and fans to really catch on because they had to create a movement with other like similar like artists. So it wasn't until he went and, and you know, reached out to all those Talib Kwali, most deaf, you know, so uh conscious rappers and and those kind of folks to where, you know, it started catching on as a movement. And then when you think about, like, this whole trap soul thing, it's kind of all erupting at once. Um, you know, the the boy band eras, like, they all kind of happen at the same time. These are all movements in music. It's never just been one thing that kind of takes off on its own as a solo thing. So the fact that these three guys, Bobby V, Pleasure P, and... Um, Jay Holiday are all doing doing this together. It certainly makes sense from a marketing standpoint, and you know from a musical standpoint too. They all kind of reach and speak to the same audiences, and them doing it together is gonna you know certainly um, benefit all of them in the long run. So makes sense. Well, you know what this tells me, Tom. It tells me that Pleasure P actually read you know I got souls editorial and is taking some <laughs> advice to heart. Because everything that G said, we suggested to Mr. P right. to help strengthen his career. So maybe, just maybe, he actually listened before them trigger fingers turned to Twitter fingers. But I'm a chill. <laughs> and for those who don't know what, he, what Ed's talking about, we wrote an article where we mentioned what would be best for pleasure at this point of his career. And he took offense to it and said it was a bunch of BS and it was like the worst thing he's ever read in his life. And now, and now he's, he's doing it. And now he's. <laughs> I'm sorry. We still support Pleasure P. We, we're, you know, we always will. But it was just funny how it worked out. So, all right, guys, let's wrap it up. Want to get into our food discussion? Um, Kyle's not here to lead this one. So, what, what do we got? One of you guys throw it out there. What's the best meal you've had lately? And I'll tell you. And I'll tell you my opinion on it. How are you gonna <laughs> tell your opinion on it? You didn't even eat it. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think based on what it looks like and smells like. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> let me think of the last great meal I had. We, um, my wife and I, went to brunch this morning, which we very rarely ever do, and had this nice steak and egg combo from this southern place. This it's called Southern Kitchen, down home cooking place. So that was pretty decent. You know what I had yesterday? For the first time, I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I ordered a biscuit. Ew. I've never had that. No, I've heard they're okay. Like, I, I haven't had it, but I heard they're okay. So It was okay. But yeah, I heard they're okay. That was my no. lunch. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to do this to you guys, 
but I'm about to blow everything out of the water because yesterday I had something that was so phenomenal, so incredible, so mind-blowing that I can't wait to go back and have another one. And this is probably only available in certain parts of the country. I don't think you can get this in Alabama, Ed. But I had... Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, ouch is right. But I had a sushi rito, which is a sushi burrito, a burrito of sushi. That sounds absolutely disgusting. (laughs) A sushi burrito? Now, it it essentially is a massive sushi roll rolled up like a burrito, but it doesn't have any of the ingredients of what a traditional Mexican burrito has. It's basically a massive sushi roll just rolled up in, you know, sushi uh, seaweed roll up as a burrito, and it's incredible. Now, I'm a sushi fan, but that just seems like overkill. Like, I I feel like I would gag halfway through eating that because it's just so much. That's what you would think. But it's not the case. It's just, it's so good. It's mind-blowingly good. I I suggest uh, if you can ever come across one of those sushi rito spots that you have one. Well, next time I'm up there, you can take me to the sushi rito spot, and I'll eat half of it, and you can have the other half. That sounds like too much for you, boy. Tom, <laughs> um, what did no. you eat? Some old bland, boiled chicken stuff? Speaking of, wait, hold on. Speaking of sushi, since we're on grievances, we're still on grievances here. Speaking of sushi, I was at this Tyrese listening event back in 2011. For his, uh, what album was that? His last album before Black Rose. Yeah. And cause, do you know they only serve sushi to the press? Ouch. That's the weirdest thing. Why do they only serve sushi to the I press? I was pissed. I only eat seafood. I nibbled on some rice, and that was that. That was it. Ouch. Hey, uh, Ed, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta tell you something funny. You're gonna enjoy this as a, as a ending statement here for me. Uh. And, by the way, this guy's going to be at Soul Village next month. One of my personal favorites, as Tom knows, Sammy. Uh, we went to his listening party when he was known as Lee Bush. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he had, a, he had a project come out under Lee Bush, and Tom and I went to the listening event. And I was looking snazzy, you know. I was by the alcohol. I was pouring myself a drink. Mm-hmm. And a very lovely, slenderly shaped woman had made her way over to me and said, I'll have a vodka tonic, please. <laughs> so she thought that I was the staff. <laughs> what is this? See, don't let me turn this into like one of my um my racial columns where I'm going off on the state of America. Why would she think that you were the help? She thought I was the staff, yeah. Why would she think that? I I can't remember. Did you pour the drink? I couldn't remember. No, I didn't. No, I poured one for myself, and I was like, well, um, yeah, I mean, there you go. Bottle's right there. The staff wouldn't be pouring it for themselves, man. Plan, don't turn me into my um, Malcolm X on this podcast, man. We're trying to wrap up, because I'm going to add another 30 minutes to this if I start going. I just thought it was a funny thing. Ed, I've been confused for security... For police at events, you good? <laughs> you won't believe it. Like, what's oh, this guy doing here? That's funny. Oh, Speaking of player. security, no. uh, did security. you guys see that Ray J had? Um, he Ray J made some club appearances recently where he had guards with uh, 
assault assault weapons guarding him in the club. Why well, does Ray J need the G.I. Joe cast guarding <laughs> him? This is Ray J. What you got going on? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right, guys, let's stay on course. Let's wrap it up. So uh, now that the food discussion is done, Ed, talk about what you've got going on. We have, what do we got going on at um, Soul and Stereo? If you've missed it, make sure you stop by the site, soulandstereo.com, and see our review of Jaheem's new album. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, we also have The Good Girls. Now, I don't know. Now, gee, this is probably too old for you. But um, <laughs> in the in the New Jack Swing era, there was a trio of girls called The Good Girls, and they were kind of like the New Jack Swing girl group. So mm-hmm. I did one of my whatever happened to columns, looking back on those three, and actually the members of the group shared it too. So that's been very popular. Check it out if you're a fan of the good girls. And we've got coming up, of course, a few more love letters questions, maybe a few more reviews. And a couple of weeks ago, we also had a ranking of Bad Boys album discography from 1994 to 2001, kind of their hot period. So wow. if you missed that, Go check that out, too, where we got Faith, Biggie, 112, Total, the whole crew. I go through and rank them from best to worst. Wow. Dope. What about you, G? What do you got coming up? Coming up? Yeah, I've been doing a lot lately on the production songwriting tip. I've been in collaborations with the Heatmakers production team based out of New York, and um we have been, well, they have graciously invited me to work on them with uh, production for Shaggy. So I've been working with Shaggy for the past few weeks, and it uh, looks like I have potentially landed a placement credit on his album, upcoming album, mm. so that's a good look. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they've also invited me to work on a project that they're working on for Fat Joe, so um, very, very early in the game right now to be making too many speculations, but um, it looks like I may have landed a production credit on a Fat Joe record, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. And um, as far as my own material, um, I'm still, you know, kind of experimenting with some new sounds and just testing things out in the studio. I'm trying to really decide, you know, how am I going to keep my my guitar influence and my guitar reach and still try to sound relevant as to what's going on right now. You're not going to hear any trap out of me, sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm still experimenting with a few things, so nothing really major in the works yet, but um, that's what I got going on for right now. Congrats, yeah, G. I know you've been grinding too. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. You know, it, it, you you sometimes build up credibility and a reputation as other things too. Like people know me as artists. I've, you know, performed around New York a lot and I got invited to Canada to go do a show with uh, Willie Taylor from Day 26 and guys like that. But, um, you know, it's it's cool sometimes when you get recognized for your other talents and sometimes all you need is uh, a first chance or a first try, somebody to give you that first shot. And, um, you know, I've been working with the heat makers for past like two and a half, three years now, and there's just been love ever since. So they're great to learn from, to collaborate with, and they, you know, introduced me to a lot of people and doors have been opening. So I'm going to just keep working hard. Yeah, 
So, so. All right, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ed, and thanks, Gaetano, once again for joining and uh, making this a great podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week. I'm sure Kyle will be back. So, uh, Tom, Ed, and Gaetano signing off. Later, guys. <laughs>